Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. I'm going to be in the book of Philippians today. It is seven-eighths through the Bible, book of Philippians. Uh, chapter three is where I'm going to land. Today's message is a little raw. Is that Okay. Okay. So here's why it's raw. Normally we get to practice this teaching on Fridays, then I give it on Saturday, and so on Sunday I've given it a number of times. I've only given it once, and so it could be a little raw. So buckle up. We could travel in many places today, but here's what I want to do as we look at Philippians chapter 3. I want us to quickly reflect back on 2020 and then realize that we have six days We have six days, this pocket of time before the new year comes in, and to see if we can set a new priority before we get to the new year. That's that's where we're headed today. And so I want to quickly reflect back to 2020. And here's how I want to start. I want you to think of, don't say it, think of a word or a few words in your brain that would describe the year 2020 to you. Take a little bit of time. Try to be clean about it. Now I want you to share that word or that phrase with your neighbor. Or if you're at home, share it with the folks you're with. Okay, so we've we've heard a few comments about 2020, some I can't repeat. Uh, But here... Here's here's a thought. Maybe some of you can relate to this. Here's the official 2020 Christmas ornament. Maybe you've seen this. That That is a dumpster fire. Can anybody relate 2020 as a dumpster fire? Maybe a few of you. So if I think back to 2020 for me, and if I go all the way back to January, Weren't things amazing in January? I actually bought a wall calendar in January. This was the exact calendar that I bought, and I hung it up in my office. And on it were all the hopes and the dreams of what 2020 might deliver out of my own strength. And by April, I ripped it off the wall and threw it away. (laughs) I have not purchased a 2021 calendar yet. Anybody else? You're like, I'm not doing the day planner. I'm just going to wait to see what 2021 throws at me. If I think of uh, some of the things that were on that calendar that didn't happen, one of the things was I was planning on going back to India. We started a a partnership in India uh, that has been amazing. I've traveled there once. I was going to go back. I was really looking forward to it. Couldn't. Three quarters of the things on that calendar did not happen, which means three quarters of the things that I did not plan got shoved into my calendar. Things like doing online church. We didn't know really how to do that, but we had to figure that out. Many of you know this. Many, many of you realize that in your calendar, things got thrown in there that you weren't planning. I was planning on visiting my mom. She's battling breast cancer. She's doing fine, but I wanted to visit her. And I was able to visit a few times, but COVID wrenched itself in the middle of that. And so I couldn't visit her as much.
Now, to be sure, at least in my life, not everything was bad. And I want to recognize that for many of you, not everything was bad in 2020. Weddings still happened. Anybody? Wedding? You had a wedding in your family, know somebody who got married this year? Like, those still happened. They were kind of unique. I did a few of them. They were kind of fun. I wonder if that'll continue because people had a good time. There were children. There wasn't this global pause on children being born. We're in the season now where the COVID babies from March are starting to get born. Do I need to describe that more? No, I don't. Okay. So we're in, like, not everything was a dumpster fire for everybody. But I also, as we look at 2020, need to recognize that for some of you, 2020 was rough. That you lost family members. I'm aware of at least one family that lost a child. That when you look back on 2020, and especially COVID, what it seems like is COVID drove a wedge in the middle of relationships. I, t- I talked to a, a several people over the last few weeks, and even their Christmas holidays were rearranged because some family members were offended that they would get together and some family members weren't. There's really no right decision one way or the other. And COVID has jammed this wedge in between some of the people that we love the most. 2020 has been rough. And so now it's time to take our focus off all of that and start to shift into 2021. And we get six days from now until the new year to think through setting maybe a few priorities so no matter what 2021 has, we're going to be okay. Have you ever done this? You've, you've picked a word or something for a year. Have any of you done this? A few of you. And so it's, anybody set any priorities for next year? No one. Oh, okay, one person. Everybody's like, no, I'm going to wait. <laughs> like many of us think through, okay, next year, what can I do differently? Are there some things that I can set in place? And you know what? Planning is not bad. Jesus was talking to his disciples They had been following him as a teacher for three years. And he's trying, Jesus is trying to describe that when you follow Jesus, you're going to have to make some plans. And he shares this with his disciples, Luke 14. It's sort of highlight that planning is not bad. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? It's a good question. And he goes on. He says, for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Like, planning's not a bad thing. So we get this this pocket of time, these six days. We have no idea what 2021 will give us. God does, we don't. We might have some ideas, but I wonder if we could take today and set a priority in our lives that no matter what came to us, we would be good. So I want you to pull out your program. Notice there's no fill in the blanks. I trust that if I say something wise, you will write it down. But here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to think through this question, what's my top priority for 2021? You might have five of them. But what's your number one priority? Just think about it if you haven't yet. What's your number one priority for the coming 
year and write that down. I want to go beyond survival here, so think deeply about it. I'm going to give you a minute. Under what you've written, I want you to make a box that's empty because we're going to write something in by the end of it. And what we'll write in, it actually comes from Philippians 3, I think if we really understood it, if we really pursued where this message is going, we would be more than okay in 2021. So I want to jump into Philippians chapter 3. Before I start reading, I've got to give you a little background of what's happening. Paul is in prison. He's been following Jesus for a while. He's in prison, and he's writing the church of Philippi back to encourage them. And he lists, right before we read this, he lists some of his previous accomplishments in his life. Some of the things that he grew up in, he did well in before he knew Jesus. And then he writes this, Philippians 3.7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ." the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have, not that I have already attained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In that letter, I think Paul could be writing to the church of us today as we have these six days before 2021 to consider this. But before I unpack this, let me pray because I need God's help in delivering this message. So Father, we thank you. God, I don't want to miss this opportunity. This message is more probably for me than anyone, but if anybody else could benefit, God, would you open their ears and their hearts and their minds to the message today that you've given? I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I see in this text, in this letter to the church from Paul. Considering what might be ahead, Here's what I see. It's wise to set some things aside. As we consider 2021, it's wise to set some things aside. Look at what Paul writes to the church. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider them garbage. That word garbage is sort of unique in scripture. It's also the word for dung poop. I said poop in church. It's, it's not just like used paper towels. It's the worst of the worst of the garbage that he says. 
setting it aside. And, and for me, this is a strong statement because remember, right before this, Paul outlines all the things in his life that he accomplished. He accomplished some fairly big things. He grew up in a pretty good lineage. He had some really great education. And essentially he's saying, all that garbage. If I'm just transparent, that is a challenging verse for me. I'm 47 years old. I have worked hard for the accomplishments in my life. I'm just being honest. Like I have worked hard for the things that I have. And Paul is telling me, to consider them as garbage. Set them aside. I want to make this point because it's part of those 47 years, all those accomplishments, it's part of who I am. Right? Does, does that make sense? I don't know how old you are, but it's all your accomplishments are get wrapped up into this thing called identity. It's part of who we are. And I want to really highlight this point with an account from someone named Jeannie Waller. Now, none of you probably know Jeannie. This is a picture of Jeannie Waller. Uh, I actually used this example in School of Ministry a couple of weeks ago. And this is from a, a speech that Jeannie gave. Jeannie, from the time she was five years old, played soccer. She loved the game. Her parents encouraged it all the time growing up, soccer leagues, travel leagues, all those things. Her parents not only encouraged it, but that's where her affirmation came from, trophies. She went to high school, played soccer. She went to Utah State University, played collegiate soccer, went to the championship game senior year, and then soccer ended for her. And by all accounts, Jeannie would say, because she said in the speech, that at the end of that senior year championship match, all of her identity got stuck. Because from the age of five, that's what she knew, that's what she loved, that's what she did on the weekends, that's where all of her affirmation came from. And so at the end of that championship game, even the opportunity to introduce herself changed. It was no longer, I'm Jeannie Waller, I play college soccer at Utah State University. It was, I'm Jeannie Wall. I don't know how to introduce myself, she would say. She wrapped her entire identity around that. And she couldn't move forward until she set it aside. Does that make sense? 1 John 2 says it this way, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. The world and its desires pass away. If we take our identity and we wrap our identity around what the world would give us out of our own accomplishments, sometimes those things pass away and if we get stuck, we do not move forward. If we get so wrapped up in boasting in the things that we can accomplish out of our flesh, we might be missing the thing that God wants to give us. Uh, Jeremiah 9.23, Old Testament. Here's what it says. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast in their strength, but 
or the rich boast of their riches. Don't boast in the things the flesh can produce. Earlier I stated that I was challenged by this letter from Paul because he counts all, all of his accomplishments as garbage. So if I think of my own life, 2015, before I came to work here at the Vineyard, I had a really good title in the marketplace. I had one of those titles because I uh, helped run an organization that when I went out into the community and I would say, I'm Steve Huffman, I'm, and I would give my title. It would open doors. I would have opportunity. And then in 2015, 16, when I got here, I had to drop that title off and part of my identity was stuck. Because I had wrapped up 20 years of my life working to get that title. And to really get what God had for me, I had to set that aside. Even here at the church, I'm a pastor of this church. Every time I come up on this platform and I stand here and I go, hey everybody, I'm Steve Huffman, I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And because you're an honoring group and you affirm us, if my identity is wrapped up in my title, in your affirmation, and at some point that goes away, I will be stuck. I will have held too tightly onto those things, and I could potentially miss what God has for me. I've got to set some things aside. Look at this, Luke 9.25. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? I wrote this down earlier in the week. I'm going to read it because I think it's pretty good for me. It's not going to be on the screen. I'll read it twice if you want to write it down. You don't have to. God is interested in giving you his best. But if you're full of what you already have, your strength, your wisdom, your wealth, your family, your relationships, if you're just full of all that, you might not have room for what God wants to give you. God is interested in giving you your best for 2021. But if you're full, if your identity is already set by the things that you can produce or the people who are around you, you might miss the very thing that God wants to give you in 2021 to thrive. So considering what's ahead, if we're really gonna prepare for 2021, We have to set some things aside. So I want to ask this question. And I'm going to pause after this question. You might write something down. Here's the question. What do I need to let go of to make room for God? What do I need to let go of to make room for God? Boy, if we really deeply understood the power of this question because some of our identities are wrapped around our titles, how much we make, what school we go to, the travel league that we attend, the trophies on the wall, our families. Some of our identities are wrapped up in our relationships. And we would be, we would be better prepared in 2021 if we held on to those things loosely. Considering what might be ahead, it's wise to set some things aside. I want to continue with Paul's letter 
Because I think there's another thing that he wants to inject to this letter to the church. Considering what might be ahead, let's pursue a treasure of great worth. Let's pursue a treasure of great worth. Philippians 3, verse 8, verse 10, Paul writes the church from prison. And he writes this, What is more, I consider everything a loss. We just talked about that. Because, because of this, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, I want to know Christ. Paul sets all of his accomplishments aside for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. You know what's really interesting? I, I want to go deep today on this point specifically. You know what's interesting about this? In uh, Paul, do you think Paul was a Christian? That side of the room's not sure. Grape Road, do you think Paul was a Christian? Yes, he was a Christian. Like, he had this radical encounter with Jesus. You can read it in the book of Acts. It was about 37 AD, if you want to put a year on it. Paul's in prison now. It's 60 AD. Arguably, Paul has been following Jesus over 20 years, yet he writes about the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And then he writes later, I just want to know him. And he writes to a church. The church of, do you think the church of Philippi knew about Jesus? Yes, they knew about Jesus. They had been a church for 10 years already. And they get this letter from Paul. And Paul's telling them they're surpassing worth in knowing Jesus. This knowing Jesus concept is all throughout Scripture. If we go back to the book of Jeremiah, we read it earlier. Do not boast in the things that you can produce, your wealth, your knowledge, your strength. Those things, you remember that? Remember that? Here's what it says to boast in. Jeremiah 9, 23. This is what the Lord says. Don't boast in the things you can produce, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. That's what we should boast in, to know him. In the New Testament, this intimate moment, Jesus is by himself and he's praying for the disciples. And we get this intimate look in the prayer life of Jesus, which is so incredible to me. And he records in this prayer this thing. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life that they know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. To know him. I don't know if there's anybody in here listening today that would respond to this. Well, of course I know him. I'm here at church. Of course I know him, Steve. I've listened to sermons for years. Of course I know him. This year I gave my life to Christ. Like we can always say, I've read this account in the past answering in that way. Well, Paul, of course I know Jesus. I know him. Paul knew Jesus for 20 years, yet writes in the letter this. Not that I have already obtained all this. I think this is, yeah. Not that I've already obtained all this. Or have already arrived at my goal, 
His goal was to know Christ. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He knew Jesus for 20 years. He's in prison because he's been following Jesus. He's been beaten almost to death. And yet he says, I've not yet attained the goal. There's more to knowing Jesus. It's the pursuit of great treasure to continue to know Jesus. It's, let me give you a side example. Hopefully you're getting this. I've, I've been married to my wife for 20, almost 25 years. I can remember the day that I bent on my knee and said, Ann, will you marry me? I thought I knew her then. Some of you have been married for a long time. We're like, oh yeah, I get that. Right? I thought that I knew her, but I've had the opportunity to pursue her for the last 25 years. I know her way better this year than I did 25 years ago. And guess what? If I continue to pursue her in 2021, I will know her differently and more than I did this year. And all that time is time well spent. Does that make sense? Knowing knowing God does not mean stop pursuing. Just saying, yeah, I know him. I read him. I hear the sermons. I get it. I know him. There's treasure of great worth to be found in the pursuit of continuing to know God. But we have to create space. We've got to set some things aside to do that. We cannot run into this with all our baggage, with all our garbage, as Paul would say. You've got to set those things aside. It's You have to grow to know more of him. 2 Peter 3.18 says it this way. But grow, everybody say grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Knowing is growing. In my relationship with Jesus 24 years ago, at the back of a really small church in Granger, Indiana, last pew, I said yes to Jesus. I said yes to Jesus. I said I would follow him because I heard a whole bunch of sermons in my life. My life was a complete wreck by this point, and something about him pushed me, it was the Holy Spirit, pushed me towards him to say, yes, I'll follow you. I had no idea really what that meant. But I knew him, I thought. But I want to give you some examples, at least in my own life. And I'm I'm going to share scriptures that I had heard before, but I want to share them in a different way. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I've read that verse before. Heard probably sermons on that verse, but I did not know the God of comfort until I had some of the greatest loss in my life, and I turned around and realized that nothing of this world could comfort me like God could comfort me, and I finally abandoned the things that I thought were comfort, and I stepped towards God, and he showed up to comfort me, and I knew God is the comforter. Psalm 68, 5 describes God as the father to the fatherless. My dad passed away over a year ago. 
I've read this verse. I've heard sermons on this verse. I understand this verse. But I did not know God as the father to the fatherless until my dad passed. And I've had to lean on the father like never before. What about this one? This is, this is probably, a little hint into Steve's life, this is probably my favorite verse in Scripture. 1 Peter 2.9. says it this way, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Here's why I like this verse. Because everything that I do out of my own strength that creates an identity that it'll eventually go away, this identity will never go away. I am chosen. I am part of a royal priesthood. I'm part of a holy nation. I have a job to declare the praises of him who called me out of darkness into light. That's never going away out of my identity. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Read that verse a lot. But I didn't get it, and I tried to take situations that were confusing, that were upside down, that were situations where I thought I could muscle through, and I had to realize there's no way. There's not enough muscle. There's not enough time. I have to lean on God because he is the perfect guide. I am just getting to know Jesus after 25 years. I'm just starting. There is a depth to knowing God that is like a bottomless well that you could drink from for the rest of your life and never empty. There's a depth to knowing God that is like a bottomless well that you can go to again and again and again and what you get from it is refreshing and life-giving and there is no end and it's begging you to come back because it is the only solution for whatever 2021 has for us. That's it. It's to know God. It's to grow in the knowledge of God. It's to step out and go to and experience the community center, to India. It's to open up scripture and really eat the word, digest it, believe it, believe in the promises. It's praying like you've never prayed before. It's going to a worship night if you've never gone or if you've gone a hundred times. Go and just completely abandon yourself and say, God, I want to know you. J.I. Packer, he's an author, says it this way. He says, once you become aware that the main business that you're here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place on their own accord. I believe that. And no matter what 2021 has for us, a higher priority is knowing God. Considering what might be ahead, it's wise to set some things aside and let's pursue a treasure of great worth. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. A couple of opportunities today to respond 
to the message. If you could benefit from prayer for anything going on in your life, physical, financial, relational, anything going on where prayer could benefit you, just come sit in the front row and the prayer team will approach you and ask you what they could pray for and they will pray their best prayers. I want to, uh, oh, I want to push. Uh, can I push on something? Because maybe it might make a difference for one or two or a group of you. I want to pray for a group of people on this side of the auditorium. At the end of service, I won't keep you long, but the, the prayer has to do with your identity being wrapped up into something too tightly. Could be your job, could be whatever. But specifically, because I've had too many conversations the last three weeks, your identity is wrapped up into other people. It could be family, it could be kids, whatever, and you've been chasing your tail, trying to live that identity out and it's not working. I wanna pray for you. At the end of service, just come up and I'll pray over you. So with that, let me close. So Father, we don't wanna miss this opportunity. I do not wanna miss this opportunity. This is an opportunity of a few days before a new year starts. It feels like the opportunity of a new beginning. And so God, I just confess personally that I want to know you more. I want the things of the world to fall into their own accord. I just want to know you more in 2021. And so I pray for those who would join in that prayer. God, help us to live a life in pursuit of a treasure of great worth. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.